Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Is It Just Me, the podcast. This is our fifth, yeah, fifth episode. That's crazy. Wow. Sorry, I just, it just, it just clicked with me. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, welcome back. Um, I am your host, Tony Thompson. And today we have Miss Ronita back with us again. Um, and, you know, a lot's just been going on. We were, you know, a lot of stuff was going on, so we had to get back on track. Um, so young, the young adults ministry, um, we have a lot, a lot going on. Um, really enjoyed the episode with Miss Ronita last time. So we, we talked and we were like, you know what, we need to do it a lot. She philosophy was such a great thing. Um, cause the, she stood for something, right? Or so, no, no, just she meaning a woman's philosophy. I don't know what I thought that was, but yeah, she philosophy was a podcast show series that Miss yes. Ronita did. Um, and it was just, we got those vibes with, with the last episode and I really, really enjoyed it. So we're going to be starting woman to woman. Um, hopefully the next episode that you all will, will hear will be the next, the first woman to woman episode. Um, we're going to have a woman, two women from another generation, an older generation, respectfully. Um, and then two millennial women just talking about all different types of topics and getting the different perspectives and, you know, just figuring out we probably do have more in common than we like to think. And th the more things change, the more things stay the same. So be on the lookout for that. Um, with, again, with the Young Adults Ministry, we're going to be doing the Su Susan G. Coleman, Coleman uh, Breast Cancer Walk, October 16th. Um, you can register online or you can contact anyone um, who is on the Young Adults Ministry team to get registered. Um, registration ends October 3rd. Um, we also are still going on with new revelation. Um, we've been talking about spiritual gifts. Um, we've, a lot of us have completed our spiritual gift surveys. You can still complete it now. Um, there's a link. Sherry has so graciously put it into an Excel sheet and make it easy to, to graph all of that, I guess. Um, so continue to still do that. If you need those links, reach out to anybody new revelation affiliated. Um, and we're still having service every second and fourth Saturday at 11 a.m. Our next service is September 25th at 11 a.m. And we're going to have a we're going to have a game day. We're going to take a pause from all the services, events, whatever you want to call them. And we're just going to have fellowship and kind of we're going to have a little bonding experience, a bonding moment, team building exercises. Um, so we'll be playing our church tags game and just whatever games, you know, come out. I know Pastor Jay has been saying he going he going to beat people, but. We'll see. He's been talking a good game, but we'll we'll see if he backs that up um, respectfully, Pastor Jay, respectfully. Um, and we've also been doing Bible study with New Revelation. Um, we're working through the book Urban Apologetics by Christopher Brooks. Um, and then after that, we'll be doing um, Urban Apologetics by Eric Mason. All of those books are on um, Amazon. You can purchase them there. I know they I think they have them at some bookstores, but most of them are you can get everything on Amazon. Um, and we'll be doing those every first and third Wednesday at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Again, reach out to any of us and you can get that Zoom link. Um, so as I said, we have Miss Ronita with us and she was so gracious to lead Bible study yesterday and it was it was great. And I'm, you know, I was like, let's just finish this conversation and continue this conversation on the podcast because I think it's a it's a great topic to really talk about. Um, so we the first, we went over chapter one in urban apologetics and it was titled Christ in the city. And the way that 
it you know it all started um was who is your neighbor and the whole time you were talking about that i was thinking about mr rogers in my head um and that the whole song was playing but um so the is it just me topic for this week will be Christ and for this episode will be Christ in the city. So Miss Ronita, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Tony. So when we think about the Christ in the city, which was chapter one of urban apologetics, it really started off with really understanding your community. Right. And so that's where the whole, who is your neighbor came from. But first is, is understanding your community and the needs of your community. So one of the first open questions, right, I asked is when you think about the community, what are some things that um, are issues within our community and some things that came up and you can shout them out too, um, was crime, um, drugs. Mm -hmm. We had um, single parents. We had racism just in general. Yes. Racism. Imprisonment. Yes. Yes, the, the school, poverty. the prison, yeah, poverty, food deserts, yeah. right? Um, and so we, we, there was a lot of issues. And so when we talk about Christ and, and, and the purpose of apologetics, it really is taking God and making it human, mm-hmm. right? And so it's understanding the need of the people, the heart of the people, and then tying that to Christ mm-hmm. versus just giving these sermons on Christ and making people try to figure out where it fits into their life right. is understanding their life and then fitting Christ into that part of it. Right. And so um, who is your neighbor? Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, we kind of talked about, um, oh gosh, I can't, I don't have my book in front of me. Um, it was the, the scripture and I can't remember if it was Luke or not, but it was the scripture where it talks about, where Jesus, um, it was a lawyer, and he asked about, you know, who is your neighbor? Mm-hmm. And so Christ gave um, gave him a story, right? And he talked about there was a guy who got, you know, he was walking to Jerusalem, I believe, and he got beat up, mm-hmm. right? He got robbed and got beat up, and on the and uh, and so walking down the street was a priest, and so the priest went and walked on the other side of the street. And then came a Levite, and the Levite walked on the other side of the street. And then a Samaritan came and saw the battered and beat up person and went over there and helped and tended to their wounds and then put that person on their donkey, took them to an inn, which, you know, to us today, is, you know, took them to a, a hotel or someplace mm-hmm. and cared for that person's wounds and then told the innkeeper, here's some money for the day and I'll come back. And I'll reimburse you for any other expenses that you had to do to take care of this person. And so Jesus was like, who was the neighborly person? Mm -hmm. And so for us, it really was, you know, of course, the Samaritan and Mm -hmm. understanding that the Samaritan or Christ is saying your neighbor is somebody who takes care of the battered and the bruised. Right. Right. That is a neighbor. We're taking care of the battered and bruised. And so that was the first piece, right, for mm-hmm. us really to understand and say, okay, how are we and, and are we looking at our neighbors that way? Because our neighbors can be not just the people that live next to us, but it's the people in our community. It's, yeah. it's, you, you mentioned racism. It's, you know, when I think about the church and we had a panel, right, mm-hmm. where we had um, different churches there from different um, 
races. Mm -hmm. And it really talked about, you know, the the churches that are being battered and bruised bruised are the people, which are black people at that time, because, you Mm -hmm. know, we had the George Floyd and and, uh, all, all kind of stuff going on. The church has to look and say black people are being battered and bruised and we're those are our neighbors. Yeah. You know, we have to look at these young boys who are getting sent to jail mm-hmm. sometimes for for drugs that are that are now legal. Yeah. You know and being sold everywhere. Correct. And mm-hmm. and understand that that's our neighbor. We have to look at the person who is trying to make money to take care of their family and they may have to sell their body because that's all that they know. That's all that they feel like they have to offer. Right. And understand that that's our neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so it really was, how do we understand our neighbor isn't necessarily the person that lives in that nice brick house next to you, but the Mm -hmm. neighbor is the person who's battered and bruised. Yeah. And so, you know, that was, you know, I believe the first part of the Bible study, just to really understand that. And really to help people understand that we're all on this earth because God put us here and Mm -hmm. we're all each other's neighbors. And we can't neglect one part and think that we're better than and, you know, that, you know, we always preach like, oh, no, I'm no, no better than anybody else. But we don't act that way. Correct. And, you know, we look down on certain people and the way that they may choose to live and. And all that stuff. So understanding truly that like you like that has no room in in the church and in kingdom building. So, yeah, we we definitely had a great conversation. I was just like, everybody, everybody's our neighbor, all everybody. Yeah. (laughs) And so with that, I know we talked about relationships. Um, So tell us a little bit about that part. Right. And so then my next question (laughs) was when you think about relationships today, and, you know, I, I think I phrased it. If you compare relationships from back in the 60s and the 70s, mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, 70s, and you compare it to today, yeah. what are some differences that you see? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you now <laughs> answer the question now that we've had the conversation. What are some questions? I mean, what are some differences that, that we've noticed yeah. in the way that we tend to our relationships, be it our um, romantic relationships, be it our friendships. Mm -hmm. You know, um, relationship is when you have a companionship. So Mm -hmm. how how have that how has that changed in how we handle or deal with people? Kind of just saying a lot of like what I said yesterday in Bible study is, first of all, just access. Number one, we have access to any and everything we want at the click of a button. And I always talk about we're kind, we live in kind of like a Netflix culture. You know, mm-hmm. when you're looking for a movie on Netflix, you're just scrolling till you find something. And that's kind of how it is in dating and how it is with everything. Like, it's so easy just to have access to everybody. And back back then, you only had who you came across in your community, whether it be at school or at church or with your own family. Like, that's all you had. So you were loyal to those people because you knew that was all that you had. And then also there's like a survival piece in that. Like I think of like marriages back then. There was a trend on Twitter a couple years ago where it was like, oh, we need to get back to the love like our grandparents had, which part of it I do agree. But the other part I'm like, okay, they they said like, ask your grandpa why he got that mark over his eyebrow. Um, And it was just funny. But like 
you know, that was sometimes that was survival. Like I talked about my grandmother on my, my, my dad's mother. She never learned how to drive. So she depended on my grandfather to take her everywhere. So it was a survival thing also. But I think that overall, my dad and I talk a lot. There's a lack of loyalty in today's culture and in today's world, like because there are so many options, because we have access to everybody, it's like, oh, I have this this guy that I'm really into and he's great. He checks almost all of all of my boxes, but I'm not going to commit to this because what if what I'm really looking for is is right around the corner or, you know, so and so on Instagram has a friend that's that bought her a Birkin for her birthday. My friend just got me a round of drinks at this restaurant. So let me not put all my eggs in that friendship, knowing that I could have a better friendship. And then you're not appreciating what's right in front of you because you're constantly looking for something else, not saying to settle, but appreciating what you have and understanding that loyalty is extremely, extremely important. And I just, I have to agree with my dad. I don't think we have a lot of that now. So I would agree with your dad as well. Um, when you, the, one <laughs> of the different, out of this podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> one of the things you see that's changed is the divorce rate. Yeah. Um, we have now, I will say, looking at our millennials now, actually, um, we're finding that you're taking longer to get married Mm -hmm. and you're staying married longer, which is a great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But before you get to the point of getting married, right, what we're finding is this like this cancel culture mentality. Mm -hmm. And um, you said it because you have so many resources. Mm -hmm. You're, you have a plethora of options out there Mm -hmm. that you just cancel people and move on. Right. Right. You know, I'm gonna cancel this, this subscription and go to the next one. Right. Right. And that's how we do people. We do our friends like that. The first time they let, they let us down, Mm -hmm. they're canceled. Right. The first time that dude don't do, you know, he didn't give you the gift that you wanted. You said a Tiffany's, your necklace, <laughs> right? And he, he come in there with that Walmart, pennies, right? <laughs> that Walmart necklace. He got to go. Right. It's like he got to go, right? And so, you know, it, it's we just cancel people and we don't put forth this effort, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, um, we we laugh about this cancel culture. And I think about R. Kelly, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm all for Kells, and you know, I know everybody has canceled him, mm-hmm. and I look at it and I say, okay. When somebody does something wrong, we immediately discard them. Right. That's not neighborly. Right. And it's and not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. like I always go back to it because some people have asked, like, why do you why do I still sometimes listen? It's not like R. Kelly's frequent in my playlist, right. but like I'll listen to it if it comes on. And they're just like, why do you listen to it? I'm like, well, number one, the remix to Ignition didn't do nothing to me. And also <laughs> I think about it in God's perspective. Like if God treated us like we treat each other, like is how we're supposed to treat Mm -hmm. each other, then we would all be doomed to hell long before we even knew it because we ask for that same grace, but we don't, we don't ever give that same grace. And it's not to say that R Kelly was right. I don't, you know, that I was never there. I'm not to say yes or no. You know, if people are coming and saying that, that this happened, that's their, they have every, you know, that's Mm -hmm. their story. And I'm not going to say that they're lying. But at the same time, and it's R. Kelly's just an easy topic, but it's also just with friends and relationships in general. We can't just write people off just because 
of one thing. Right. So. You can hate the sin, not the person. Right. And that's and we what preach we preach that all the time. Correct. And and so, but cancel culture does the opposite. Right. Right. And so, my question was, if we live in this cancel culture, where the first time somebody does something that I don't like, or I hear something mm-hmm. that I don't like, how can we truly help people to build a relationship with Christ? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, there's going to be things in the Bible that you may not like. Right. Right. Um, especially if you're a social person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bible has has <laughs> has commandments. It has laws. It has rules. Right. That we yeah. need to abide by. And so if you believe in that council culture, how do you teach the love of Christ? Right. You know, if you. um if you believe in dismissing people so quickly, how do you reconcile a relationship with Christ? Because, and it, and it makes me think about the church. We talked about church hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people turn away from the church because of a hurt that happened in the church. One time. One time. Mm-hmm. Even though Christ one didn't do it. It was somebody right. in the church. But let's get clear. I love how you said one time. They did something to you one time mm-hmm. and you no longer want to go to church you no longer want to fool with that person yet you go to work and they do something to you one time two times three times and mm-hmm. you're still going because they're giving you a paycheck right so again you know when we think about apologetics mm-hmm. you know and urban apologetics how can we reconcile having a relationship with christ when we have this mentality of canceling people right and i think also people I think a lot of the pushback that you get with this conversation is people thinking that by doing this, you're just ignoring and excusing the right that the the wrong that happened to them. And it's like, no, we're not excusing what happened. We're acknowledging it and it shouldn't have happened. But at the same time, there's so many things that you do in your life and it burns you, but you go back and do it every single time. I I think um, the DJ who um, DJs at New Revelation, Mm -hmm. he said like there's a lot of, you know, your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend could cheat on you. And then you give them chance after chance after chance. But then you go to church. One person says your skirt's too short and you don't go to church no more. Right. And it's like that person, you shouldn't have been going to church for that person. And that one person shouldn't have been the only thing that makes you not go. But it's also understanding that, People, you know, if you're weak in the faith and you're just there, like it's a very vulnerable thing to do. So it's hard to accept it. But I think it's just you have to take a holistic approach to it, not only just as people coming into the church, but the people in the church. Right. How to address things and how to talk to people, honestly. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important to reconcile them to Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Is teaching them to have a relationship with Christ versus the relationship with you mm-hmm. or to making sure, cause I think we talked about that being authentic, mm-hmm. right? Um, I never try to act like I'm holier than thou because I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I never try to walk like I'm not flawed cause right. I'm still flawed today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but what I will do is teach you the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And understanding in my flawedness, I still understand right from wrong. Right. And so it's teaching people to have that type of relationship and being more concerned about people rather than the doctrine, because with this council culture, we get so 
caught up in what people did wrong Mm -hmm. versus understanding the person. I think I gave an example about um, a person who may have be a young person, right? And their mom got shot because a bullet went through their apartment and shot their mother. It wasn't meant for anybody in that home, Mm -hmm. but it shot the mother who was a single mother, the sole provider, and now she's on disability. Mm -hmm. You have one, you know, the older brother, he's in jail. You have another one who um, isn't in in the home any longer, right? They passed away. You You have younger siblings, and so now you're considered the oldest person who has to provide for your family and you're not old enough really to get a job because you're not 16, you know, you, you don't have any transportation, you know, so what are you to do? Well, you have people in the neighborhood or around you who invite you into being able to sell drugs and do certain things. And that's your only way to take care of your family. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we want to cancel that person and say they're a misfit mm-hmm. versus truly understanding the human side of that person. Right. And so in, in urban apologetics, it really is saying understand the person and then reconcile that life to Christ. Right. Don't judge, right? Don't be so critical. Look at the person, love the person, you know, that unconditional love. Right. And I think this is where the topic is really about to go to is, is this unconditional love. And so I believe one of my questions was, do we believe in unconditional love? Yeah. And I had even talked about it because I had, it was just ironic because I had listened to a podcast maybe a week ago where they talked about unconditional love and they they were talking about it kind of holistically but I believe it was meant for more of like an intimate partner marriage relationship and they asked you know do you think that unconditional love exists and like I said in bible study I think person I know that unconditional love is what God has for us and that what we should have you know within following the bible of how we should love others in practice, <laughs> no, I don't think unconditional love exists in the world today. I think the only areas where we could possibly see some some type of unconditional love is parent and child. Um, for the most part, our parents will love us regardless of what we do. And dogs, like your dogs love to see you regardless of whether you're gone for five days or five minutes. They, they're excited. And... Um, And then the relationship with God, between us and God. I think those are the only things. I think that relationships in terms of intimate partner relationships, friendships are transactional. And so in terms of like a a marriage or something, you expect your spouse to provide, protect, you know, be a be in your if you're in a monogamous relationship be monogamous to you and only to you to be able to if you're a woman having a husband that he's going to be the head he's going to you know guide the home and everything and protect it so if they fall short of that you may still have love for them but the relationship's definitely going to change and the way that you treat them nine times out of ten will change And with friendships, you expect your friend to be loyal to you, to respect you, to be there for you. And then say you have a big event and your friend doesn't show up to it, even though they said they were going to be there or you would expect them to be there because they're your friend. Then you are questioning your entire friendship with them. And those are conditions. You could still love them. 
but the way that you interact and that you have them in the, in your life will change. So should there be unconditional love? Mm-hmm. That's what God intended. <laughs> but in practice of real life, I, I just personally don't believe that there is true unconditional love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in practice, do I think wholeheartedly that people are operating in unconditional love as they should no Mm -hmm. because we would not have a cancel culture if that was the case now do i think that god meant for it to be where it was transactional no Mm -hmm. um is a commandment it is (laughs) it is something that we are expected Mm -hmm. to do and that's that neighborly piece so i'm going to read first corinthians 13 4 and 8 because what I, I'm and I'm going to break it down because this is something that I live by, and I'm going to give a couple examples of how, right? But it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, right? And so when we think about that scripture, what God is asking for us, you know, and I think back in, you know, my relationships, And I think back on my friendships, right? And definitely with my kids, right? But even with the young people that I serve, even in the church, has there been time that people have got on my last living nerve? Absolutely. But I understood that I needed to be patient. Doesn't mean that I liked it. It doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't, you know, get upset, right? Right. But I still was patient with that person because I understood that they were going through. And and even in relationships, you know, a lot of people say they want to get married. I say, if you cannot do this in a friendship, Mm -hmm. then you won't be able to do this in a marriage. Right. Right. Love is patient, meaning that as that person grows and develops and has to go through whatever they need to go through to be prepared to be a husband, Mm -hmm. you have to do the same thing and you need to be patient while they're doing that. Um, It's kind. People aren't always kind to you. That doesn't mean that you should not be kind to them. Right. Right. So it's giving that grace even when they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's not being envious and boasting. It's, It's not about bragging about what you have and it's not wanting what somebody else has. It's truly been genuinely happy for somebody. I remember in the relationship saying to this person, I love you enough for you to be happy. And if, and if that means you being with somebody else, that's more important to me mm-hmm. than you being with me because that's what love is. It's not about me. It's about your happiness. Right. Right. And so it's not been envious. My friends, I, I am happy when my friends are elevated mm-hmm. because that's something that I want for them because I love them and I want to see them succeed. Right. Uh, it doesn't dishonor them. It, you don't talk about them. You don't tell their secrets. You know, you don't, you don't try to bring harm to them. You don't, you're not self-seeking. It's not about 
what am I going to get out of it? You know, I look at some of my friendships and, and relationships, and it's never been about what I get, but it's what am I bringing to the table? Because I truly believe when I can bring the best me and I can show them the Christ in me, it's going to come back because I don't do it for them. I do it for God anyway. Right. And so it's going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. Um I don't do I don't keep records of wrong. Now, this is the one that I had to tell people about a whole lot. Um, and and even me in relationships, you know, once I forgive you, which is I'm, I'm huge on making sure that people forgive. You can't bring it up no more. You know, as a song, quit, quit bringing up the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you forgive that person, you cannot bring it up. Yeah. You, you just can't keep throwing it back in in their face, right? Because that's not true forgiveness. It's not true forgiveness, right? You have to begin to trust and love that person. You want to protect that person. You want to rejoice in truth. That person may tell you something, and this is the part that people don't get. You know, they talk about the cheating, right? Mm-hmm. If, if your spouse comes to you and say, hey, I messed up. You know, I was hanging with the fella, something happened, whatever the case was. Mm -hmm. But they come to you and they cheated. The first thing we want to do is kill them, Mm -hmm. but they were truthful. Right. Right. And so be rejoice in the fact that the truth came out. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't mean that you're not hurt. I'm not saying any of that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is we should rejoice in the truthfulness of the love. Yeah. Right. Um. Always trust, always hope, always persevere. Persevere means running the race even when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. There has been times when I have tried to throw the towel in. Mm-hmm. And then God will come back and be like, not that's not that's not it. There's I'm not done with y'all yet. Mm-hmm. And so I have to stay there and it's persevering, not because I want to. Right. Right. But it's it's a commitment. It's the commitment that I made to that person because I love that person. And it's the same way with friendships. You know, I've had friends who have done some of the unthinkable Mm -hmm. and they are still very close friends of mine, you know, and. And people say all the time, well, how can you stay friends with that person? And they, they did that. They, I'm like, because of love. It has, mm-hmm. I love that person. And I understand that at that time, that person was operating in hurt. Right. And so I love them through their hurt. That's not who they are in essence. They had a hurt moment. Mm-hmm. And yes, hurt people hurt people. Yes. But I'm going to show you the grace and mercy that Christ shows me every day. Right. Right. And so that's love. And that's what we're charged to do. And I believe that people can do that. Christians should be doing that daily. Exactly. Right. And I think that I say it a lot to, to my friends. I think that today we throw around love way too much. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, dating and stuff, people have asked me, like, have you ever been in love? And I always say no, right. because though I hold love in a real high place, like godly level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people just throw love around. And I know that there's like eight or nine different types of love. Like, and I get that. But I think people, when they think about love, they get that cartoon Disneyland version of love and the Disney princess version of it. Right. And that's not love is is work. Right. Love is, is hard. Love is not always easy. And I think about just like what you said with the friends, me and one of my best friends didn't talk for like a year over something. Now, when we talk about it, we're like, this is super petty. Like, I cannot believe we did not. And it was it was bad. Like me and my best friend, like I wasn't there when she got married. I wasn't there when she gave birth to her daughter. Like it, we did not speak. And 
even though we didn't speak, everything kept leading back to each other. And it was, you know, even though I wasn't there, I was still like, oh, my God, she's having a baby. Like, out, like, man, forget her. But, you know, like deep down, you're like, oh, I know she always wanted a daughter and I know she's so happy. Mm-hmm. And I know she always wanted to get married and I know she's so happy, but still forget you, though. But, like, you know, just that whole thing and then coming together and just being like, you know what? I love you as a friend and I don't, and I was stubborn and I'll be the first one to say it took her coming to me and me just being like, you know what? You're miserable without your best friend. So like, stop torturing yourself and understand that it's okay to people are going to hurt you. You're Mm -hmm. not going to make it through life untouched, Correct. but talk to like, work it out. Just don't be around holding it on, you know, on your heart when, you know, God tells you not to do that. You you say that you're a Christian, you go to church, you do all of this, but then you're not living it. So you act like, I just think, like I said, people just don't really understand what love is. And, oh, well, I, I love Starbucks. I love Chipotle. I love Grey's Anatomy. I love this movie. I but lo- we'll cancel it. But as soon as like somebody... <laughs> Do, like they take off your favorite character oh my god the writers are terrible I can't stand that show oh my goodness I like or Chipotle takes away guacamole now you gotta pay for it extra or something like oh my god I can't believe they would do that you know that and you know there's so much and it takes nothing for and it's like I can't like that's not love that can't be love right so I think just understanding that love is so much more and even with like marriage mm-hmm. people think that marriage is the end of the race Right. Like you crossed the finish line, you've made it. Congratulations. Like I was listening, I listen to all podcasts, like I'm a podcast person. So one podcast I was listening to says that marriage is one of the only things that we celebrated at the beginning. And we don't celebrate it like you don't have like divorce parties <laughs> like some people do but you know like it's it's stuff like that they, they celebrate it before you even start it. So it's like oh my god like and yes it should be celebrated but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's odd, but people think that once you hit that marriage and you hit, get into that, that it's over, you know, everything's great. You guys are in love and in this wonderful marriage bubble and everything's great, but I'm not, I've never been married, but I've been, I've lived in the house of married people. So I know that that is the real work's about to start. You know, it's hard. It's not always easy. It's not always, oh my God, I love my husband. It's so great. We're married. Oh my God. And sometimes it is sometimes like, oh great, this is great. But then other times it's like, you know what? I really don't like you right now. I don't. And sometimes I don't really love you right now. So, you know, it's just love is not easy. It's it's hard and it doesn't come easy. It's a commitment. And, And that's the thing, you know, I can, you know, be with my friend all the time and be like, you know what? I don't like you. I mean, and and we laugh a lot. When mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you like me today? Yeah, I like you a little bit today. But I always love Yeah, me and my best person. friend have the, there was a meme that says, you know, black people, when they're trying to tell you you're stupid without telling you you're stupid, oh, you better than me. Right. And so me and my best friend, we say that, I, like, she'll say something. I'll be like, mm, okay, you better than me. <laughs> you better than me. But it's like, we're, we joke about it. It's like, yeah. I don't like it, but I love you still, and yeah. I'm here for you. But we that's that's our thing. We do it to each other. Oh, you better than me. You better. Than, I wouldn't do it like that. Right. But. <laughs> And, 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 but you love them and that's the thing, you know, and that's what Christ is saying and, and in the Christian walk and what our Christian brothers and sisters, right, there's going to be things that they're going to do, but you still have to choose love. Mm-hmm. 
Right. There's there's things where, you know, like I said, R. Kelly may have done some things that we don't like. I don't agree at all with that lifestyle, but I still choose to love him because he's my brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we have to understand and recognize that. And that's. That's what we're called to do is, is is look at the human side of things, right? And so that was one of the things that it really talked about. And then it and then we ended it mm-hmm. right with teaching truth and love. Mm-hmm. And I believe I asked, I talked about the church where the church is either um, very liberal mm-hmm. or it's very focused on the law. Mm-hmm. And I believe I asked which one is right. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I find is, and I, and I believe, you know, from our conversation, our Bible study, most people tend to lead more towards the liberal mm-hmm. side, which is the, you know, love covers the multitude of sin, you know, um, Christ is love, love, right? You know, um, um, we were saved by grace, mm-hmm. right? So we use all that stuff to justify what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so many people focus more on that. And then you have other parts. We talked about the fire and the brimstone, right? Where it's the the law is this, and you're gonna go to hell if you don't do this, and you know. And so it's one or the other. And what I charge is try to find yourself focusing more towards the middle, right? Swim Mm -hmm. towards the middle because what you don't want to do is justify everything and 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 lead people straight to hell. Because you're not giving them the truth. Mm-hmm. But then you also don't want to run people away from Christ where they don't ever learn Christ because you're so focused on the law. Right. And so it really is marrying the two and it's, it's teaching the truth in love. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's looking at the person as a human, understanding their needs and their heart. Mm-hmm. And then in that is teaching them the truth, but teaching it in love. And so it, you know, my niece, I remember when she first came out Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, I've grown. Um, but when she first came out, you know, I'm looking at her like, girl, you love anything that, 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 (laughs) you know, first it was a dude. Now it's a girl could be an alien next week. Who knows? Right. You just want to be loved. Right. And, but I remember as we just continue to have this conversation, I just remember her telling me, you have to, you have to accept my choice. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I love you mm-hmm. and I accept you always. I'm like, nothing you do is going to make me not love you, mm-hmm. you know. But what you cannot do is make me accept the fact that that's not a sin. Right. I love you. And and whoever you choose to be with is not going to stop that love. But I love you enough to let you know that you know what the word you grew up in church, you know what the worst. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that the word does not say that that's not a sin because it right. is a sin. Mm-hmm. I love you and Christ loves you, but I don't want you to walk out of here listening to the world telling you that that's not a sin when it is. Right. No different than being out here fornicating, not right. married is a sin. Mm-hmm. So I'm not putting your sin above any other sin. I'm just saying it's a sin. Let's call a sin a spade. Let's call a spade a spade. Right. Right. And so when we when we when we can teach the truth and love is saying, yes, the Bible says this is a sin, mm-hmm. but I do love you. Right. And I think that it even spun the conversation that in the question that I had asked because I'm 
I understand and spe- like with homosexuality and the LGBTQ plus community that is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's what the Bible says. I believe in what the Bible says. And I like the answer that you gave to the question was, if you believe what the Bible says and you believe that the Bible is true, then it is a sin. And I'm like, yes, I believe that it is a sin, but I just, I'm like, well, what if I don't agree? (laughs) And you just were like, you don't, it doesn't have to be fair. The Bible's not fair, but it is what it is. And Jesus said, and God said what he said. So that's the, that's the end of it. But it doesn't, I don't have to like it. And what you said, I can have that conversation with God when I get up there at the pearly gates and Mm -hmm. we can talk about it. And, you know, but right now that's what it says. And that's all we can go off of. And you can either like it or not like it. You can feel however you want to feel about it. But regardless, this is what it is. And even that's like, it's hard to come to that, but it's like, literally all we're saying is that the Bible says that it's a sin. Yep end of the story that's it we're not saying anything more than that we're just saying that god in the bible says that it's a sin i love you i respect you but it's a sin that's it's all. a sin that's it exactly and 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 this is the way you know when you struggle right this is for anybody out here who's listening they struggle with how to have conversations mm-hmm. it really is i always lead it with do you believe that the bible was god authored inspired by God mm-hmm. and then do you believe the Bible in its entirety if you can say yes to both of those questions then we can carry on with the conversation because then it's okay well then let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says because you believe that it was God inspired and you believe it in, in its entirety so what is it written mm-hmm. and then if it's written then that means you believe it because it's written and it was God inspired mm-hmm. and you believe what's written that means you have to agree with it. Right. It just means that it was true because it was God inspired. And I think when we can get to that point, I, I tell people all the time, my pastor said this, God is not fair. He's just. Yeah. Right. And we have to remember that it's no different if you think about the rules in your home. Mm-hmm. If your parent said, be home, your curfew is midnight. And you knew I said your curfew is midnight. Right. And so then you come back and you're not home at midnight. Mm-hmm. Did it change the fact that you knew you're supposed to be home at midnight? Mm-mm. No. You may not have liked the fact that you need to be home at midnight, mm-hmm. but that doesn't discount the fact that the rule was you had to be home right. at midnight. And I think when we can understand that, then maybe we can understand this part of the Bible, right? And not get so open in arms about it and just understand that that is a rule that your parent made, God, Mm -hmm. and you may not like it, but it is a rule that he made. Right. And you can choose to break it Mm -hmm. or not, but it was still his rule. And in the breaking, even when you broke that curfew at 12 o'clock at midnight, your parents still Still loved you. you. Didn't mean you didn't get disciplined. Right. But your parents still loved you mm-hmm. and that's what we have to understand teach the truth in love right and not condemnation yeah that was it was a good it was a good bible study it made me really excited about finishing the book um if you have not come to our bible study and if you have not checked out the book urban apologetics definitely definitely check it out miss ronita has done some spoilers about chapter two so i'm kind of excited to read chapter two um yeah all of that was just chapter one if anybody was just- 
just checking. <laughs> um, but yeah, also we're still doing, like I said earlier, we're still doing the spiritual gift survey, which I think ties directly into this, knowing what your purpose is, knowing what and how your love can be expressed through working in, through God and working in the church. I think, you know, continuing for us to continue to do these spiritual gift surveys to figure out where we belong will just only better serve God's kingdom. If we know what we're doing, we know what our purpose is and we know where we should be. Um, so like I said earlier, if you guys need that link to the Excel spreadsheet to be able to complete your spiritual gift survey, definitely let us know. Um, we still have our Instagram and Twitter at YA underscore ministry underscore Indy, I-N-D-Y. Um, we still have our YouTube. Is it just me? The podcast. Um, we have our Facebook new revelation, um, as well as, is it just me? The podcast has our own Facebook. We are on all streaming platforms. I was telling them when we, before we started recording, like I had a little, like proud moment when I looked, we are on Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcast, um, through the anchor app, um, anywhere that you listen to your podcast for the most part, we're there. And it just made me excited. Cause I got to see our logo and our podcast up there with all the, all the 17,000 podcasts that I listen to. Um, so that was, that was amazing. So definitely go check out our other episodes. Um, we still are going to be doing new revelation every second and fourth Saturdays at 11 AM. Our next service is September 25th. Come ready to play games. We'll have snacks and just fellowship with us. Um, and also, don't forget about the Breast Cancer Walk. We will be walking October 16th. Registration will end October 3rd. Um, with your registration, it's $35. Um, you'll get a T-shirt and a water bottle. And then a portion of the proceeds, we will donate to Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation um, in the names of anyone from Christian Community, New Revelation, or Living Word who have who is a survivor of breast cancer. Um, and then also look forward to woman to woman, the new podcast that we will be starting pretty soon. Um, so we will, you know, hopefully have those episodes coming out within, you know, the next month or so maximum. Um, so thank you again, Miss Ronita for coming for the second time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So this has been another episode of, is it just me? The podcast. We'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>